Hello, adventurers, and welcome to Episode 7 of the World of Azuria podcast. My name is Beth Ball, and I'm the author of the Age of Azuria epic fantasy series, which we'll be exploring in this show. In some episodes, we'll be swept away into the high fantasy world of Azuria as I read chapters from the novels and stories. In others, we'll dive into some of the lore behind Azuria, and I'll answer your questions about the world, characters, and more. If you enjoy high fantasy worlds, immersive settings, nature-based magic, and vivid characters, then this podcast is for you. For our first season, we're traveling through Aurora, the prequel novella for the Age of Azuria series. In this episode, I read Chapter 6 of Aurora, where we return to Rizal, the ambitious Nagata servant of Lucian, as well as Yvain, the ancient fae from the Shadowlands. So if you're ready, let's start our adventure. You're certain you've seen it, Lucian hissed. Yes, my lord. Riddell's eyes flashed. The elf carries the amulet with him, doing his trysts with the human woman. Your instincts were correct. I'm pleased to hear it. You are to be commended. Her master grinned. Is it finished? Are you ready to proceed? Riddell sighed. The two lovers had met often over the past week, usually in the elf's rooms, at times in the stone house by the ocean, and they spent the evenings together exploring the estate's grounds. She would never admit as much to Lucian, but she far preferred observing the two of them, nude and intertwined, than the negotiations between the other humans and the elves. Doric was passionate and generous with Amélie, as many of Riddell's own past consorts had been. Riddell, Lucian snapped. Apologies, my lord. Riddell straightened her shoulders, chastising herself for becoming distracted. Lucian's upper lip curled in a snarl, but he said nothing. It is possible they will need more time to conceive, but I shouldn't think it will take very much longer. Very well. Be prepared to warn the husband as soon as may be. Alessandra would prefer the diplomatic negotiations to fall through. As you wish, my lord. Riddell bowed her head until she was sure Lucian had vacated the orb, not wanting to witness her eagerness to move forward. By her calculations, the human woman should be near her time, if not already past it, and she wanted to prepare a special torment to pay Calderon back for the meetings he'd forced her to endure. The Serenian spice market offered much in this regard. The desert people had long been students of magically induced dreams. Riddell stole through the lantern-lit streets of the Serenian Market, searching for the mulberry awning trimmed with gold that had caught her eye before. There, behind the empty fruit stall, she secured her hood before slipping between the carts and down the alley. Riddell fiddled with her metal pens for a few moments until the lock clicked free and she darted inside. Beams of moonlight cast their glow against stacks of bags and crates in the storage room. Riddell picked her way through carefully. She murmured a spell to silence the owner's beaded curtain and stepped into the store proper. Packages of tea and exotic spices swirled through her senses. How many deadly poisons waited to emerge from among so many seemingly innocent ingredients? They only needed an expert hand to set them free. Psst! An orange light fizzled into existence. The shopkeeper held a long match to a hanging lantern and bathed the shop in soft yellow light. I heard you come in the woman's husky voice said. Dark purple eyes glittered against golden skin as she smiled. And I know what you're looking for. Riddell slowly slipped the dagger she kept sheathed against her left thigh free. 
That's very convenient. Thank you. She dropped her voice an octave and disguised her accent, cleansing it of any regional markers that might indicate the northern reaches of Caldara. The woman stepped between the barrels placed at intervals around her shop and peered at a thin row of shelves containing variously sized potion bottles. You wish to influence dreams, do you not? Riddell inhaled sharply. How had she known? The piles and concoctions spread around the shop amid herbs and spices disrupted Riddell's energetic reading of the woman in front of her. I see that you are a practitioner of the arts you enable for others. She spoke slowly, luring the shopkeeper into a sense of ease. The golden-skinned woman chuckled. Surely this cannot be a surprise, can it? A hint of ash clung to the air, burnt sage and... Riddell sniffed again. Birch, perhaps. No, indeed, you misunderstand me. I am pleased your expertise is as extensive as I've been told. Flattery rarely harmed tense situations. Riddell's fingers grazed the cool hilt of her dagger, ready at a moment's notice. Ah, here we are. The shopkeeper plucked a spherical vial from the crowded shelves. For full potency, rest this mixture on a bed of hawthorn beneath the light of a full moon. These fortune tellers and herbalists were all the same, placing their faith in outdated rituals that harkened back to a long dead age. But Riddell didn't need such extravagances to cast her spells. Where is one to find hawthorn in the desert? She could at least pretend to plan on performing the ritual. By your left hand, the shopkeeper smiled. Will there be anything else? What she wouldn't give for powdered satyr huff. A tiny pinch blown in the face of one's enemy and poof, instant unconsciousness. If this woman were older, Riddell squinted at her, she might have some of the useful old concoctions, but even if her heritage was as elven as it appeared, she couldn't be more than a few hundred years old. Riddell sighed and held out her hand for the vial. No, this will do perfectly, thank you. Bene Lorcaine, the shopkeeper said, her hand raised with palm facing out as she bowed, a wish for a powerful enchantment. Riddell grinned in reply and slipped back through the beaded curtain and out into the slate gray streets of Serenia. Perhaps the shopkeeper kept a stash of more exotic ingredients in the cellar? She eased her hood over her horns, smirking at the lantern lights. The city hadn't failed her yet with its store of surprises and diversions. Yvain gestured for Cassian and Esmeralda to enter silently so as not to disturb Lita's report. You're certain she didn't leave with anything else? I am. The gold-skinned elf nodded, her eyes widening when she perceived the other two on the edges of the seeing circle. It's all right. They're part of how I knew to contact you in the first place. Lita bowed her head to the two Saudad. She has the gift as well, Yvain said, indicating Esmeralda. I do, yes, Esmeralda stepped forward. Cassandra smiles upon me. The elf grinned. Unlike the Saudad, they did not credit single deities with such gifts, though Lita would never fault another for doing so. I am glad you have aid both far and near. As am I, Yvain answered. You will tell me when she leaves the city? Yes, Vara, I swear. The herbalist placed her palms together and bowed her head. Yvain blew over the bowl, disrupting the vision. Was it as you believed? Esmeralda asked. They will target the girl? So it seems. Yvain bit her lip. Had they missed something in their fervor to see the child brought into the world? Was it still before her time? Lucian will wait until she is older to mount an attack of his own. 
But Alessandra, she does not enjoy games in the same way her servant does. Yvain wrapped her arms tighter around herself. Think. From what they had observed, Lucien bore little affection for Riddell and would likely dispose of her after she completed her task. His methods had changed little through the ages. Alessandra was aware of this too, and might twist the Nagata servant to her own ends. Vara, Cassian's baritone interrupted her thoughts. There is one other reason why we've come. Yvain looked between the two of them in confusion. I fell into a trance of sorts following the third time Cassandra laid the same cards out before me. Esmeralda held out a small wooden figure on the palm of her hand. Yvain took the figure from Esmeralda and lifted it into the light. The carving matched the width of her palm. Esmeralda had made it from a rowan tree and shaped the wood into the figure of a dryad, cut midway between her transformation from a tree to a feminine form. One arm stretched overhead, and her head tilted back, half branches, half hair. A woven strand bearing three small raven's feathers dangled from the delicate, barely emerged ankle. Something told me you might need it, Esmeralda said. She bit her lip, waiting on Yvain's reaction. The druid traced the feathers that hung down from her braids. I love it, Yvain said, her voice low. It's more perfect than I can say. Riddell winced as she drew the curved blade through the flesh of her hand. Her skin screamed as she squeezed her fingernails against the edge of the cut, swirling the black liquid into the bowl she'd placed beneath the orb. She smirked. Magic ran in her blood. The Nagata had no need of superstitious herbs or the light of the moon. They carried fire within. Calderon Amastasia she whispered over the metallic liquid. The streams of blood took on dark, shadowy shapes as they swirled, searching for the soul she had named. The young lord tossed in his sleep, his mind clearly already disturbed. Riddell's eyes sparkled. She could make even better use of that. The dream she brought him out from was less than intriguing. He ran through the streets of a nondescript town, dirty, fleeing from... Riddell began her revisions. His feet flapped against hard cobblestones as he hurried to confirm what he had long suspected. Yes, she encouraged his subconscious. You have known what you wish to deny. Assuring humans that they had anticipated the disasters that befell them made them more pliable in their reactions. Your true blindness is lifted, Riddell whispered. Her subject froze, turning about. She blew over the water, casting him into complete darkness. He ran forward. Riddell slowly lifted the light and sent him tumbling through the halls of his castle, searching down endless corridors for his wife. His dream self happened upon Amelie and Doric in an elegant library, whispering together on a dark green settee. We have amazing schools in the realms, Doric urged. Best to let Calderon believe he would be losing two family members instead of only one. There will be much for Bruden to learn. The elf ran his hand along Amelie's thigh. Calderon's protest reverberated through Riddell's rooms. Good. She pushed the dream forward, showing the human a taste of what she had witnessed unfolding between the two lovers. Right under your nose, and a foreigner, she whispered, leaning into his fear and hatred of non-human peoples. Soon you'll lose everything that once belonged to you. Calderon screamed in rage. Though she held his body frozen in the dream, his mind turned immediately to violence. Very good, my pet. Very good. You know what to do, Riddell hissed. You were right not to trust them. 
She blew darkness back over the dream as she left. With a single stroke, she had endangered the child's future and disrupted the elven delegation. The first step toward exchanging Lucian's rule for the dark goddess Alessandra herself. Thank you so much for joining me for today's adventure through Aurora and the world of Azuria. If you'd like to find out more about me or my fiction, you can find me at bethballbooks.com. You can also find my books worldwide at your favorite bookstore or ask your local librarian to add them to the library catalog. To stay up to date with the world of Azuria and be the first to know about upcoming fiction projects, visit bethballbooks.com join. I would love for you to be part of my reading community, The Story Enclave, and as a special thanks to you, for a limited time, you'll receive a free ebook copy of Aurora when you sign up. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at BethBallAuthor or on Twitter at GroveGuardian, or you can email me, Beth at BethBallBooks.com. Today's episode is sponsored by the first novel in the Age of Azuria High Fantasy series, Buried Heroes, available at bethballbooks.com shop or at your favorite bookseller. If you enjoyed our time together today and would like to hear more stories set in Azuria, you can support the podcast at coffee.com bethball. That's ko-fi.com bethball. Happy travels, and I hope that we'll be adventuring together again soon.